You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 825 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. Coming to you on a Sunday evening into Monday morning. And today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off on your next order with Built Bar. Today's show will be sort of a smattering of all kinds of things, but first and foremost, the Hawks Bubble convenes this week. The first official act of the offseason workout program for the Hawks is Travis Schlank speaking to the media on Monday. There will be media availabilities via Zoom, via Zoom, I should say, with other members of the organization as things progress throughout the period. Everyone involved with the Hawks bubble, which I've heard is pretty limited in terms of a uh, crew outside the players and the coaches, is essentially entering a quarantine at a local Atlanta hotel on Monday. Uh, both the AJC and the Athletic have, have been reporting that there are 40 people playing to be there. That includes players and coaches, leaving only a few support staff people around the facility. And then, of course, they'll be participating in the basketball activities over at the Emory Healthcare Center. Um, everyone must te- everyone must test negative for COVID-19 twice before being cleared. And then once they are cleared and enter the bubble, they'll have daily testing after that once things have begun. Um, On-court work will begin on Wednesday with the team itself. They can go until October 6th if they so choose. But after that, there'll be no more scheduled team- team-wide workouts until whenever training camp arrives, which is uh, undetermined at this point in time. Could be quite a while. At least Christmas is, is the uh, last reporting in terms of when the season could be starting for next year. Unless something changes, this is going to be it for the Hawks. We'll, keeping, we'll obviously be keeping close tabs on all of it. Um, Roster-wise, the Hawks have not released anything specific on who will be in attendance from a player standpoint, but the reported plan is to have 15 players there for the Hawks to scrimmage with, with a mix between Hawks guys and members of the G League team from last year down in College Park. Travis Schlenk told The Athletic they expected all the core pieces to be there, presumably referring to guys, to all the young guys, plus Clint Capella. And as a reminder, the Hawks only have nine guys under contract for next year, and that includes Brandon Goodwin, whose contract is actually currently uh, non-guaranteed. So they won't—they only have eight guys firmly under contract for next year, and nine if you include Goodwin. There are obviously lots of free agents from Jeff T, Travion Graham, Deandre Bembry, Scalabissier, Damian Jones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Some of those guys could participate, but I doubt they all will. And I will obviously share the specifics of a, if we get them from Travis or Lloyd or whoever. One note is that Sarah Spencer of the AJC reported that, that Jeff Teague is not expected to be there. And, of course, Vince Carter is now officially employed by ESPN, so he will not be making an appearance, I wouldn't think. But, uh, alas, all signs point to the core guys being in attendance, and we'll obviously update you if on whoever else is in the bubble with the Hawks. As a reminder here, we went over this when this uh, all got announced initially, but teams are only allowed one hour of five-on-five scrimmaging per day in these in this workout bubble, but that is the only restriction that is listed by the NBA and the MBPA in the agreement that they signed, so they could certainly get creative and play some four-on-four, three-on-three, et cetera, et cetera. In terms of what we can actually get out of these workouts publicly, we'll be reliant on what the team is saying uh, in terms of uh, you know comments to the press. That's basically all we got. In addition to, I'm sure there'll be some highlight kind of video stuff from the Hawks' official accounts, but in terms of analysis... 
will be left to interpret public compliment, cu- public comments. The team uh, is going to be speaking to the media, as I said before, but there are no there are no media outside media, I should say, uh, allowed in the bubble um, to actually watch anything, and no plans that I'm aware of to stream anything. So it'll all, we'll all be kind of flying blind here. Obviously, the biggest thing for me, anyway, is getting the young guys back on the court together. That definitely matters. See what kind of shape everybody's in. How how much uh, skill development there's been over the course of the offseason. And, of course, having Clint Capella playing alongside his new teammates is probably the headliner in, in, in terms of all of the analysis that I've seen so far on the uh, workouts. Capella not playing so far, not practicing so far. That's something that's certainly worth monitoring in the coming days. Um, you know, I'm definitely intrigued to hear what is, what is being said from Schlenk and Pierce in particular. But we're all flying a little bit blind, honestly. I will do my best to share some audio with you that I get from these Zoom calls, etc. You got some interpretation for yourselves. But at any rate, I want to set the stage a little bit. This is the only thing on the calendar for the Hawks, aside from the draft and free agency. This is the only sort of on-court thing on the calendar at all right now until the season approaches for next time around. The draft's still uh, two months away, so buckle up. We'll have plenty on this in the next couple of days and weeks. Okay. After a quick break, I'll answer a couple of mailbag questions to start your week off, so uh, hold on tight. But first, a word from the good folks at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. I've told you several times in the past how much I really love the original Built Bar, Built Bar flavors, but now there are up to 18 amazing flavors to choose from including six new selections like lemon almond cheesecake, caramel brownie, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate, and importantly, they're all soft and easy to chew. And from there, it's crucial to point out that Built Bars are fantastic for those of us trying to be health conscious. You can maintain or even lose weight while still enjoying a delicious treat. Bars are high protein, high fiber, low calorie, and low sugar. And Built Bar is even great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. When you do that, you'll get $10 off on your on your next order with Built Bar. One more time, that is BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order. Check it out at BuiltBar.com. All right, as promised, a couple of mailbag questions to get to on what's going to be a shorter episode this time around to kick off your week. As I said before, there'll be plenty of bubble content coming. But... First mailbag question I want to get to comes from, and I'm quoting here, Atlanta sports fan, end quote, on Twitter. So I don't know who that is, but alas, here you go. Uh, Bleacher Report, this is the question now, Bleacher Report proposes the Hawks sending the number six overall pick and DeAndre Hunter to Minnesota for the first pick to take Anthony Edwards. Would you do that if you were the Hawks? Now, I will avoid doing my spiel on fake trades until later in the episode, but I think this is one of those deals that uh, that probably neither side would actually end up doing. And also, I'm not sure where this came from. Bleacher Report is uh, could be anybody. There's people on Bleacher Report staff that are full-time like reporters and also some uh, more uh, fan-level kind of people. So I'm not sure where, where that came from. But alas, here we are. Um, yeah, like I said, I think both teams probably say no to this. It's one of those things, broadly speaking. We'll dive in a little bit now. For the Wolves, I think this is the... I'm not sure this is the kind of offer that the number one pick usually gleans and uh, would probably prompt them to move it actually think i think it would make some sense for minnesota and that hunter would be really good for them as a combo four with some defensive potential next to their offensive heavy lineups he could shoot a little bit as well and uh, obviously a consummate role player prospect um then the wolves can kind of go best player available at six they could probably take a swing of some sort there there should be some talented people available but realistically i think that minnesota would not do that probably unless they really liked hunter i'm not sure they do so there you go on that um atlanta side this is also a deal that I personally would not do. I'm sure others will disagree with me, but alas, um, that's why this is kind of fun in the analysis part of things. As a caveat, I would understand it a little bit if the Hawks did this, but it would require Schlenk to be pretty clear 
on Anthony Edwards and a guy that um, he was sort of in love with. We've seen in the past that Schlenk is not, hesi- is not hesitant to go all in on a player that he loves, but Hunter was that guy last year, so I'm sure they have a premium on Hunter to some degree in terms of value. And also, I think this would kind of require Schlenk to see Edwards as like sort of a top, top, top-tier prospect in the way that I just don't see, frankly. Um, it is perfectly reasonable to take to take Edwards number one in this draft. I would not um, blame anyone for doing that. I have Lamelo Ball first, but I think Edwards is the only other guy that you could probably take number one overall and not be criticized for it. But I think he's not, he's not that kind of outlier guy for me in this in this class or in an overall sense where I would be trying to move heaven and earth to get him. Also, I still believe very much in Hunter as a guy that I had in my top five last year before the draft. I think he can still be a very valuable player, if not going to be a star probably, but some, someone who can be very valuable in the playoffs potentially if he were to pan out at the highest level. And the sixth pick is not not quite as valuable as people might think necessarily, but I think the Hawks should still be in a position to add a very, very solid player. Um, just for example here, would you rather have Hunter and Killian Hayes or Edwards? I would definitely take Hunter and Hayes. Would you rather have Hunter and Isaac Okoro or Edwards? I would have Hunter and Isaac Okoro. Same for Hunter and Vassell, or Hunter and Akongwu, or Hunter and Halliburton, or Hunter, I think even Hunter and Wiseman, who I don't love. Um, I think I'd rather have all those guys than just Edwards. So my answer, again, would be that I would not do this trade. Um, it's not terrible by any means, but I think I understand the other, the other viewpoint, because if you generally believe that Edwards is a star-level prospect, that's incredibly valuable, and you want to pay up for that. I understand all of that. I'm just a little bit more skeptical of Edwards on the whole. And I think I'm also higher on Hunter than most people are. So those two things bring it to the point where I would not do it for Atlanta. And uh, it's kind of one of those things that where I would say no to the fake trade. Uh, speaking of fake trades, the email that question I want to get to next comes from Brady on Twitter. And he says, I keep seeing Clint Capella in fake trades for the Hawks. Is there anything to that? It seems strange that they would, they would consider trading him before he even plays a game for the team. Uh, first, I'm not sure what proposals Brady has seen. But I do appreciate that he used the word fake trade instead of trade rumor because it's not a rumor in any way. The Hawks are not rumored to trade Clint Capella in any way, which I perform. Um, as for the question, I think I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised if the Hawks dealt Capella this offseason before he actually played. It's not impossible. I should say that right now. Nothing short of a Trey Young trade would like completely floor me to the point where I'd be stunned. There are certainly guys I'd, I'd be more surprised by, um, but nothing would like floor me. But Capella's not going to get traded, I don't think. I would certainly bet against that. Um, I got a, I got a, actually a similar mailbag question a few weeks ago that I did not answer on the podcast about Capella, and it was linked to a James Wiseman pursuit for the Hawks, with the Hawks potentially getting him at six and then maybe wanting to trade Capella after that. That makes a little bit more sense, but I think Wiseman's probably gone by six. And also, if, if the Hawks took him in a best available player kind of thing, the Hawks, won't, the Hawks don't have to move Capella right away. He's under contract for three more years. You could bring a guy like that slowly. Um, I think eventually there's a decision that has to be made there if they were to invest in Wiseman, but that's not a super likely scenario at this point in time anyway. I think a big reason why you might see like a fake trade thing involving Capella is that he is on a reasonable contract and also makes a pretty decent amount of money. So it's uh, one of those trade salary matching kind of things, especially in three-teamers, that you might want some salary like that. Also, there are money outside of Atlanta that still view Collins as a five more than, more than a four. And if they want to have him play the five, then Capella's in the way. Um, That's definitely a hypo- hypo- hypothetical thing because I think the Hawks have decided that Collins is a four. But in terms of just broad speaking and making up fake, tra- fake trades, that's probably part of this as well. And again, I haven't seen which rumors or uh, non-rumors, I should say, uh, Brady's seeing, but that's kind of what I'm guessing at this point in time. At any rate, I'd be surprised if the Hawks traded Capella this offseason. They certainly could do it if they felt like they had the perfect offer fall in their lap, especially if it was for a legitimate star as part of a three-team deal or something like that. But if they 
you know, they, they just traded for Capella for a reason. He's an above average starting center. He's a good player. He's fairly young. He's reasonably paid. He's a good asset. That was a good trade. I think the Hawks made just in a vacuum to trade a mid first round pick and a pretty bad draft for Cabela is a really good value in my opinion. So it's a good asset. I think he'll make him a lot better next season because of, uh, you know, in part because he's just good. And the other part, because of uh, what he's replacing from last year, as we've said numerous times on the podcast, but to answer the question, I'd be pretty surprised if they traded Capella. It isn't impossible, but I would not bank on it in any way, shape, or form. Okay, that'll do it for the Hawks portion of the podcast. I do want to acknowledge that I was on a bit of a rant about the Falcons today. Um, just people, somebody asked me this on Twitter, so I uh, want to answer it now. I don't cover the Falcons in the way that I do the Hawks. I know I've said multiple times, this is where the question came from, about how I try to stay level-headed with the Hawks and all that stuff. And I'm in the locker room with the Hawks. I interview guys regularly. I definitely treat the Hawks as if, a team, as if it's a team that I am covering, not that I am a fan of. I am trying to have that objectivity. With the Falcons, I am not covering them, and I am a Falcons fan. Uh, I used to be a Hawks fan, to be sure, but uh, to answer that person's question on Twitter, that they're unnamed on this podcast for, for reasons they asked me to be, but to answer that, um, you will never see me go on that kind of rant um, in terms of a fan rant about the Hawks as long as I'm covering them. Just keep that in mind. But the Falcons, uh, I have covered them in the past, but I've never been on that beat full-time, and that is a difference for me. So just to explain, <laughs> I was losing my mind in the way that I would as a fan. I still like sports, uh, and I'm still a fan of the Falcons, just as I am of Michigan football, Michigan, Michigan basketball, etc. But the teams that I cover, like the Braves and the Hawks, I try to be a little bit more uh, down the middle and the Hawks especially so because I've been on the, on the beat for quite some time now. I do this podcast. I run a site, et cetera, et cetera. I try to be impartial about the Hawks as much as possible, but hopefully that answers your question. And I was definitely mad about the Falcons. Uh, you've heard me probably in crossover episodes with Aaron Freeman on Locked on Falcons and before talking about the Falcons that I do have an invested uh, place with with a team that was a uh, pretty inexplicable performance from Atlanta down the stretch. If you are a Falcons fan, you will definitely know what I'm talking about. If you're not, that's totally fine as well. But there you go on that. That was the other sort of offshoot question. That I wanted to answer, and hopefully that explains it. If not, let me know if you have questions about my fandom versus uh, my job as a media member with the Hawks. There you go on that. Okay, please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell a friend or two or three about the show. Take a second, leave a review if you also enjoy the pod. And uh, as I said before, we'll have plenty coming in the next couple of days and weeks about the uh, Hawks and the and the uh, bubble. Hopefully some audio from Travis Schlank and Lloyd Pierce and some players. I will share that with you when possible. Stay tuned, and we'll see you next time.